Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the Seatown Podcast is brought to you by Seatown Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com, and experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Seatown Podcast. Today we have an interesting guest who uh, lives here in West Seattle. So there's over 485 parks in Seattle, and she's been to all of them. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Linnea Westerlin, uh, who is the author of Discovering Seattle Parks. Um, the beginning of this journey was pretty interesting. Um, it, it sounds like you know you had your first kid in 2009, and you set yourself a pretty ambitious one-year goal. Can you tell us a little bit about yes. that? Yes. So it was spring, and I'd had a had my first kid that year. He was a preemie. He was in the hospital for a month. We're kind of cooped up for the winter. And then spring came along, and I really just needed to get out of the house. So I randomly one day, you know, I've always liked parks and enjoy being outside, and I just kind of thought, well, what if I tried to go to all the parks in Seattle in one year, and I'm going to write a blog about it. So I just you know, launched my blog and started heading out and didn't really think through the whole 400 plus parks Mm -hmm. part. So 100, you know, doing it all in a year was probably pretty ambitious. Uh, But I, you know, I headed out, I had my son in the stroller with me and, you know, summer in Seattle is amazing. So it was just a fantastic way to get out of the house, get us both out, go to different neighborhoods, places I'd never even set foot in before. And uh, it was great. For the first year, I think I did 150 parks. So I visited them, took the pictures, did research and posted them to my blog. Uh In the beginning, I had like two people that were reading my blog, my neighbor, Jim, and my (laughs) mother-in-law. And that was it. but slowly people started finding my blog and emailing me and saying, hey, this is cool. I didn't know about this park in my neighborhood and I've lived here all along. So it was a fun way to sort of explore and discover new things. And there's so many parks in Seattle, so many that are really popular that people know a lot about and spend all their time in like Green Lake and Gasworks and Lincoln Park. Right. But then there's just so many little neighborhood parks that nobody knows about. So it was fun to uncover those. Sure. So the project ended up taking about four years. Okay. Um, part of it was, you know, I had my kid along with me, so we could only go so quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there were so many parks. And then also I ended up having twins partway through the project. So for a while I had three kids under the age of three. Um, but, you know, as soon as I could, I got back out with my twins and going to more parks. And about just under four years later, I checked the last one off the list and had them all up on my blog. And then I thought, okay, I thought I would feel really, you know, satisfied that I completed the project and I'm sort of done and can move on to something else. But instead I was sort of like had this itch, you know, what, what do I want to do next? Um, And that's how I thought of the idea for the book and then got connected to Mountaineers Books, which is awesome because they're a local nonprofit. They're actually pretty much in West Seattle. They're down in Harbor Island. A lot of people don't realize that. They're a branch of the Mountaineers, which has been around for a long time. And um, they were excited to work with me on the book. So I ended up going back again to about 120 of my favorite parks Mm -hmm. to do the research for the book. So a lot of people think I just sort of you know, took what I had had on the blog and reworked it, but actually went back again and um, just spent more time in those parks and tried to narrow it down into what I thought are like the most interesting parks that are worth, you know, people taking a look at. So, 
So that's so it's been a, about a almost ten year <laughs> journey, yeah. and I'm still I still love parks. So I'm still going to parks all the time. I have a almost five hundred parks in my blog now, um, both from the city and just around the region. Uh-huh. I'm adding to it all the time. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, it's a little scary. You mentioned almost ten years. I'm like I guess 2009 was about ten years I know. ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know because my oldest is nine. <laughs> he has literally been to hundreds of parks with me. Sure, He's tested awesome. like crazy number of playgrounds so and my other two also that's awesome i got so many questions i didn't know where to start um i mean when you first started going to these parks uh, i assume he's primarily in a stroller i mean not all the Mm -hmm. parks you know have paved paths how did you how did you navigate that it was hard sometimes i was like going down big stairs with my bob stroller which probably isn't super smart or safe but i remember a few places that it was really hard my favorite way to do this was to drive to a new neighborhood park my car at a at a park, mm-hmm. get out the stroller, or when I was doing it on my own, just walk, which is great because I could cover a lot of miles. And then I would just walk between, you know, like five, six, seven parks, mm-hmm. all in the same neighborhood. What's so great about Seattle is because we're pretty geographically compact compared to a lot of, you know, American cities, yeah. you can actually visit a lot of parks just within a walking distance. So that was a fun way to do it instead of just like driving constantly to different things. I biked sure. between a few parks too. So that got me, you know, seeing a lot of different spaces and you kind of see things differently when you're walking the neighborhood too. So I would have the stroller and be navigating. One of the things I wanted to do in my book is point out parks that do have good stroller accessibility and wheelchair accessibility, because mm-hmm. it's really important for people to, everybody be able to use our parks. Yeah, sure. So I, I really took note of that partly from my own experience and then talking to people who like to go to parks, but are in a wheelchair or sure. don't have as easy accessibility. I mean, did, did when you first started this, did you know how many parks there were in Seattle? I and mean, how did you find out about about all the parks? It was actually not that easy. I originally went on the parks website and sort of created a a master Excel file based on what they had on their website at that time. Mm-hmm. Now they've redone their site and you actually can't get all the information the same way. So I have this huge master document that had all the addresses. Mm-hmm. Some of the addresses were actually wrong, I discovered. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of other you know, information like acreage, some of that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was sort of like a detective the whole time. There were some parks, a few of them, that I just couldn't find. I mean, I would, I would go back several times and finally figured out where they were or Sometimes the address was wrong or it was a down a block sure. or it was just sort of tacked on to a, a, a residential property and it was just overgrown blackberries. And I'm like, is this, is this really a park? And I drove all the way here to find this. Right. So, you know, not every park was awesome. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's funny what some would consider or what the city would consider a park because, you know, I've seen like. Hey, this triangle in the middle of an intersection, they call totally. it a park. You're like, what? It's just. I went to so many triangles yeah. of grass. I went to <laughs> strips, like medians, just strips of grass. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, you know, why are these parks? Right. But they had like official names, so they were parks. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty interesting. How, I mean, there's so many parks to hit. How did you decide kind of which ones to hit first and, and that kind of thing? I did it sort of randomly based on just places that were interesting to me. So I, I think my very first park was Seward Park, which is a place I'd been before and loved, but I had never really like stopped and read every sign and like really understood the history. Yeah. And so that was, I thought that was sort of a cool symbolic first park because I think that's one of our best parks in the city. Sure. Um, and then from there, I just kind of picked a neighborhood. I, I walked like all the parks on top of Queen Anne and I walked all the parks in around Columbia City and along the waterfront, Lake Washington, and 
um, just sort of would pick an area of the city that sounded interesting to me to go to that day. And of course, in the summer, it's amazing. So I would combine it with like dipping in the lake or sure. whatever. But, you know, there were plenty of days when I went out with like the the rain cover over the stroller and I was like in full on rain gear. And, you know, I mean, you can't only do this in the summer. So sure. <laughs> you get out year yeah. round. Yeah. So just I, I just kind of went with what I felt like where I felt like going. And I thought that was like the best part of this project was yeah. just saying, okay, I'm going to check out South Seattle today. And then I'm going to check out, um, you know, Ballard and mm-hmm. just go and explore. Okay. Did you uh, start with kind of the, the low hanging fruit, so to speak, like the big parks everyone knows about, like Discovery Park and Lincoln Seward or? No, I didn't. I, I did more sort of by region and just okay. kind of picked. And then I would try to hit some small parks and some big parks in that area, kind okay. of mix it up with parks I've been to before and then brand new ones that I didn't know anything about. Right. And uh, do it that way. It was also just easier to pick a neighborhood and try to get like seven parks at a time. Sure. And then it was it actually was pretty easy to go to the parks. What took a long time was actually getting them up on my blog. So for people that blog, you know how hard it is to actually like sit down and get all your content up. So I would have this like backlog that I would be trying to you know get get up there so that people sure. could see it. Was uh did you primarily just like take notes while you're there, or like once you got back, you take it from memory or? Yeah, I did a little bit of everything. I took a lot of pictures of like signs that I would read, things that I would want to remember. Like if it was paved on the ground, I would take a picture of the path. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just other notable things like art that I would look up later. And I took some notes, but I I found that that sort of slowed me down sometimes. Um, I tried like talking into my phone too, but it just like made such garbled nonsense that I kind of gave up on that. And then I would just go from memory. Then when I went back and did it with my book, I took much more detailed notes and tried to make note of things like, does it have a drinking fountain? Does it have really a good accessible entryway? You know, things like that. So I sort of learned by making some mistakes too. (laughs) So as you started this project, I mean, how did it seem like people were, were starting to find your blog? How did that start you know, building momentum? Yeah, I think um, a lot of just organic Google search because a lot of our parks don't have a lot of information about them. So I think people found me because they were curious about a park in their neighborhood and they wanted to learn something about the history. Sure. So my blog would just, and I have, I know almost nothing about search engine optimization, but it's like it almost did it for me just because I have so much content sure. and and you know you've got a kind of obscure park name and there's nothing nobody's really written much about it. Right. So and the parks department has some really great sites with a lot of information and then other of their parks have almost no information. Mm-hmm. So I found myself sort of being the central database for a lot of this. Yeah. And so I think that's how people find me and then just it started to snowball a little bit, and now um, I have a Facebook page and Instagram account, and so then people have heard heard about it a little bit more. But I'm still getting emails from random people that are just like, "Oh, I just found your blog, and I wish I'd found it years ago." And thank you, you know. Right. So it's um, yeah, just kind of people find it through what they're interested in. Sure, that's awesome. I don't know if we've uh, if we've mentioned it yet, but what's the name of, of your book? Discovering Seattle Parks and a local's guide came out in 2017. So it was fun to get out and talk about my, my book last year, but now of course with spring, it's, um, it's a great time of year just to, you know, people are telling me, I'm gonna use your book to try to visit all the parks in my neighborhood this summer, or I'm trying to go to all the playgrounds with my kids and yeah. stuff like that. So it's a good time of year. Sure, that's great. What um, has this garnered you, like, you know, an uh, unofficial nickname, like, you know, the Parks Woman? or <laughs> Yeah, people call me, like, the Park park Nut. Um, I love all these titles, too. Yeah. Um, park Expert, which I don't really know that I am, but, I mean, I guess I'm one of the only people that's been to every park, probably. Yeah, I mean, um, as far as experts that are out there about the Yeah, parks, yeah. 
Um, so I, I love all that. I do. I think I fit into all those cat- categories of just being kind of crazy about right. parks. Right. Because you did say uh, that this is the first parks guidebook uh, in Seattle in, the, in 40 years. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's kind of a kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And I, that was one of the cool things when I finished my blog and I wanted to do something more. I was like, I wonder if there's a book out there. So I looked and there was a book that was written in the 60s, which is a really cool old resource. You can find um, used copies of it sometimes, but it's out of print. Mm-hmm. And um, but otherwise, there's there's no park guidebook just strictly to parks. There are a lot of fantastic walking guidebooks, including mm-hmm. some new ones but they don't cover specifically all parks. They sometimes cover like walks and some of the big parks. Sure. Um, so it was sort of fun creating something that had, hadn't really been done in a really long time mm-hmm. and to put my own mark on it. Did you have a favorite park You know, at the end of the day? So that's probably the number one question that I get asked and it actually changes all the time. Okay. So I do a lot of talks out in the community and people ask me that and it kind of depends on what I've been doing recently or what I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, Seward Park is one of my favorite parks just because I think it's an amazing kind of just gem for our city. Um, I personally spend a lot of time in Lincoln Park because it's right by my house. I'm there a couple times a week and it's amazing too. Um, But then I have a lot of other parks that I love for different reasons. Um, I think Cal Anderson Park on Capitol Hill Mm -hmm. is a great example of just an urban space that gets so much varied and diverse use for people of all ages. You can go at like 10 o'clock at night and there's like all these different games going on there from like bike polo to, um, you know, chess to soccer, rec soccer games. Um, So I love that. I also love Gasworks and the way it incorporates this industrial history. And it's kind of the quintessential like backdrop of the city sort of park. Um, And then I have, you know, my favorite little secret parks and things like that that I love too. So it's hard to name a favorite. It's like naming a favorite kid. Sure. Uh, What's your favorite secret? Secret-ish park. There are a lot of really fantastic waterfront street ends that are managed by the transportation department that people don't know about. And a couple of them that I love are up in East Lake, um, close to Montlake Playfield. And they typically have the name of the street that they dead end. That's the name of the the, uh, little mini park. And some of these are spots that you can't even tell really from the street that it's a park, Mm -hmm. but you'll see a little shoreline access sign kind of walk down the the, dry, the dead end, mm-hmm. and you pop out on a little piece of waterfront property that's open to everybody. Mm-hmm. So you can, you know, hop in the lake, you can sit by yourself on little tiny beaches. Sure. It's really cool. That's so cool. East Lake is a great place to explore some of these little secret parks. Okay. This is this is inspiring me to try more than just our, like, five parks we go to around here. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, at the end of the projects, would you... Would you say there's kind of a, a, a big takeaway when would you say you kind of learned through through this process? Yeah, I think what I learned, and it took me a while to sort of figure this out, is that just based on my own experience, how I see our parks being used, what people tell me about parks, mm-hmm. what people say when they come out to hear me talk about parks and how passionate they are about parks in such different ways, I just realized that parks are super important to our lifestyle here in Seattle. Yeah. And I've talked to people that have lived in other parts of the country and they say it doesn't compare. So we're not only really lucky to have the parks that we have here with the views and the waterfront and all this amazing green space and natural space, but we've incorporated parks into our way of life and not just in the summer, but year round. And it's it's a really important part of kind of the heart of, of who we are as Seattleites, I think. Yeah, and I, I, I think we're, we're pretty unique when it comes to the, the quality of parks and number of parks and our utilization of them. I mean, outdoors is a huge 
part of the lifestyle of why people live in Seattle. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And what I love about it is that everybody plugs into parks in a different way. So that people come up and talk to me about, you know, their favorite playgrounds that they want to take their grandkids to. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk to me about where they love to go birding. Um, they love to talk about talk about where they can have big, you know, multi generational family picnics, and you see that all over. Yeah. Um, so it's so cool because parks are for everybody, and that's another thing I love about them is they're free, they're open, they're really equalizers. They yeah. bring out everybody. Everybody has that same access. And um, I love seeing how diversely used our parks are. It's really cool to see, especially yeah. in the summer on those warm days when you just see, you know, huge families barbecuing, immigrant families, teenagers, you know, splashing each other and kids playing. It's just, it's a really cool thing to see, kind of witness the vitality of our city. Would you would you say this has brought you kind of some local celebrity status to get people like recognize you and stop you on the street <laughs> talking about parks? Or? <laughs> No, not really. I don't think they're stopping me on the street. Um, it's mostly the events that. You yeah, know, but it's been cool to kind of get some buzz around. You know, just different people that are reaching out to interview me or talk to me. Mm-hmm. I've had some opportunities to do some cool, really cool talks. I'm going to be doing a panel discussion with the Seattle Architecture Foundation in June cool. about parks, like, along with a couple of other kind of park-related experts. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to be part of the discussion. That's what I love about it is getting to talk about what I love about parks and what perspective I can bring. Sure. What would you say are some of the more uh, notable presentations or talks you've you've given that might uh, be about maybe a little bigger than the scope of like this interview? Yeah, I did a, a talk last month um, at Seward. Well, actually, I did it at um, at a spot down in Columbia City, but it was for the Seward Park Audubon Center, which is a fantastic organization that's doing really great um, conservation and education programs, especially around urban youth and reaching diverse populations of kids that maybe don't spend a lot of time outside. And so I did a um, a really fun talk with great questions and uh, just, you know, all ages, people interested in what I've experienced and what I've learned. And then people come up to me afterwards and ask me all kinds of additional questions and then tell me things I didn't know, yeah. which I love too, cause I don't know everything. So sure. people are like, did you know that this there's, there's construction in my neighborhood for a new park or, um, something that I didn't know about, you know, wildlife or other mm-hmm. things. So I love that. Cause I feel like I'm always learning. People are always telling me something new. Sure. When you're not busy, you know, signing, autographing your, your book and uh, going to parks. What, what do you do with, with your free time? Well, I, I work part-time as a nonprofit communications consultant. Okay. So I work with nonprofits and just around getting their word out about who they are and what they do and their sure. mission, which I love. Yeah. And then I balance that out with this kind of writing work. I do some writing for Parent Map Magazine mm-hmm. and I've done a little bit of other freelance um, work and um, then I try to spend a lot of time with my kids outside. Yeah. So I just I'm I love being outside myself, and I love taking walks and just trying to have that you know balanced life. Sure. Um, do Do you have like a? Uh, I mean, it sounds like you know you have maybe a background in journalism or writing or something. Is that or, or marketing? Uh, yeah. What's What's kind of your your background that might have helped contribute to? Yeah, of your blog I have a degree book. in journalism and, and public relations, and I started out in kind of a public relations field and found my way, found myself being drawn more into the nonprofit side, which is what I'm really passionate about. But I've also worked with some small businesses. I like marketing strategy and um, just helping nonprofits figure out the best way to communicate out to their supporters, potential sure. supporters. Um, yeah, so um, that's kind of been my my path. And then the writing has just fallen naturally. I think 
What I loved most about this project, both the blog and the book, is that it really encompassed all of my very favorite things to do. So it was sort of a dream job. Yeah. Um, and although it doesn't pay, writing a guidebook doesn't pay a lot. Sure. <laughs> it's more of a passion project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I loved it because I love writing, I love photography, and then I love kind of exploring and spending time outside. So I remember working on my book and having like my backpack and my camera and just being out walking around by myself in parks. And I was like, man, this is like the best job ever. It's yeah. just awesome. I love it. It's awesome. You're able to kind of combine all those, those interests and passions. Uh, and then actually make a little money doing it. So, yeah, 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 it's great. Now, if I recall, you uh, native to West Seattle, is that, is that right? I grew up in um, on the east side, okay. and I've lived in Seattle my adult life, and I've been in West Seattle about 11 years. Okay. But I feel like, you know, West Seattle is like my heart. I feel like I'm a native. Sure. What, what do you love most about, about either Seattle in general or, or West Seattle specifically? I think West Seattle is just the most amazing neighborhood. We ended up here by chance. Mm-hmm. My husband and I bought a house here 11 years ago and just wanted to sort of end up anywhere in Seattle. And we are just so thankful every day that it was the house that we ended up here in West Seattle. It's just, I mean, the parks, the outside, the access to the waterfront, but it also has almost this small town feel that just because of our geographic sort of divide with the bridge. Um, And I think the bridge is a good thing because it keeps just a few people out out of West Seattle because they're intimidated by the bridge commute, which is a good thing. Um, I actually think commuting from North Seattle is just as bad because I lived in Fremont for many years too. Um, But yeah, there's just this small town kind of really community feeling atmosphere that you just can't, I just think you can't beat it. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) Uh, All right, envision this. Okay. Okay, you've got your best friend coming from out of town, never been to Seattle. Gonna stay with you for a few days. Where do you take them? What do you do? We go down and we ride the water taxi. Um, so we go down to in West Seattle to the water taxi dock, and we go over to Seattle. Maybe get off on the other side and walk around it over there, but then ride back and um, have lunch at uh, Marination there, and maybe rent bikes and bike along the water. Um, other thing I love to do is to just take people to ride the ferry mm-hmm. um, from Fauntleroy and just walk on and walk off, which I think is just such a great way to just see views and um, just enjoy a boat ride. You know, it's it's a pretty inexpensive boat ride when you're just walking on. Yeah. And then something that I really love to do is just to take people down to Lincoln Park. My family and I go down all the time with friends and we just barbecue hot dogs and sometimes make a fire in the, there's one shelter at Lincoln Park that has a fireplace which is amazing. We use it year round mm-hmm. and, you know, people jump in the water and ride bikes and it's just awesome place to spend a summer evening. Yeah. Can you maybe tell our listeners something um, that you know about West Seattle that maybe most people don't know? I'm not sure everybody knows the history of Coleman Pool or just the history of Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. So Lincoln Park started out just being in about the the 20s and 30s it just had little summer cottages that were really like squatter cottages and um, they were totally unofficial and then it turned into it became a park in the um, 30s and um, i i love that because i think that people sort of saw the value of that recreation space before it even was officially a park Mm -hmm. 
And then there was a swimming hole where Coleman Pool is. It was just literally like a, a muddy pit that would just be fed by the tides. Okay. And people, like, that's where they went to, to, to for recreation. So huh. they would come from other parts of Seattle along the old trolley lines right. and come to West Seattle to the water, which was also true out toward Lake Washington, too. So people were just drawn out to the water, yeah. which isn't surprising. We haven't changed much. And um, so they would swim in this kind of muddy swimming hole. It was hugely popular. And then the, the problem with it is that it would get so filled up with kind of like gunk at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So then the um, fire department would have to come out and hose it all out to, get, to clean it out every so often. So the city was like grumbling about it. And the Coleman family, who's one of our original Seattle, longtime Seattle families and a longtime West Seattle family, actually paid to have it filled in as a fishless swimming pool. So that happened in the 40s. Okay. And it, that's why it looks the way it does today. And I think that you cannot find a swimming pool anywhere in the country that has a more beautiful location than yeah. right down there in Lincoln Park out of the point. That is fascinating. So, I did not know that history. Yeah. So Lincoln Park's been a been a park for quite a while, but people have been using that space and other spaces along Alki and other places in West Seattle for a long time for recreation so okay west seattle is seattle's you know oldest oldest neighborhood really yeah um before we uh, officially sign off do you uh, do you have any other parks that have like a, a really unique uh history that that stands out that you'd want to share with us you know a, a story about well schmidt's park um is also another park that i think a lot of people in west seattle even the people that live here don't really take advantage of mm-hmm. has really great year-round hiking and it has some of the only old growth forest left in, in all of Seattle. The other spot is in Seward Park. Mm-hmm. And I think Seward Park gets more notable attention for their trees, which are amazing. If you hike in the middle of Seward Park, it's incredible. But we have some small um, kind of swaths of, of old growth in, in Schmitz Park. A lot of it was logged, but some of it was left just because if you hike there, you see kind of how tricky those ravines are. Mm-hmm. So it left some of that in place. And there's a lot of wildlife there. It's a really fantastic space. It has a beautiful old bridge, which you, people drive over all the time to get down to Alki, right. um, but don't walk underneath it and realize it's actually a beautiful sort of almost Art Deco style bridge. Um, so there's a lot of history there too. A great walk is to park at the top of Schmitz Park, walk all the way down to Alki, and then kind of go back up. So that's one of my favorite summer walks. Okay. So, I mean, as we're getting ready to sign off here, um, do you have a, a piece of parting guidance or words of wisdom that you'd want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think my advice and something that I am working on personally is just in this age of being so attached to our phones and spending so much of our life on our phone, I don't think we even really know what that impact is going to have on, on us mm-hmm. over our kind of human history. I just encourage people now, the weather's good, just to, to turn off your phone and put it away and then just go outside and enjoy our beautiful parks and outdoor spaces and you know don't feel like you need to play pokemon go all the time or take pictures of everything and post it all yeah. um, and just put it aside and play with your kids and go for walks and just enjoy kind of what's what's pure and and natural yeah yeah <laughs> just disconnect from technology yes. and reconnect to humanity and, yeah especially and with our kids world. you know they're going to remember how much we used our phones yeah. Um, and that's time. that's a frightening thing to me, I think. Yeah. So I don't want my kids to look back and say, Mama's always on her phone. And, you know, when we look back on our own lives, we're never going to wish we spent more time on our phones. Yeah. We're going to wish we spent more time with people and outside. And that's what parks can do. They really can connect us and draw us out into nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, 
a wonderful place to spend time with people that we love from picnicking to walking and all these other things we can do outside. So it's a great way to, to do that and to just kind of let go of some of our pulls toward technology. Sure. Yeah, it's a good reminder. Um, what's, what's the best way for our listeners to find out more about uh, your book and uh, remind us of your, your website uh, again? Yeah, yearofseattleparks.com is my blog, and you can find a lot of information. I also have a Facebook page, which is Facebook backslash Year of Seattle Parks. I have an Instagram account where I post just pictures as I go to parks in Seattle, around the region, just inspiration. Um, and that's also Instagram, Year of Seattle Parks. And for people that just really love kind of looking at what potential cool parks could be in our city, I have a Pinterest account, which is just Year of Parks. And that's um, been a fun project where I'm just sharing just inspiration from around the world, what playgrounds look like in Spain and in um, other places in the Middle East, okay. and what could we be doing to make to make our bike lanes look cooler? Yeah. What can we be doing in small little public spaces? You know, there's places around the world where they're just taking sidewalks and turning them into mini parks and some really cool, inspiring ideas. So people can check that out too okay. if they're interested. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and it's been fun to talk to you. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Linnea. Uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, go check out her book, uh, pick it up, and help her to fund future. Uh, park <laughs> <laughs> adventures. Yeah, and hopefully I'll see people in the parks. <laughs> yep, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here, or has a great story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-town.com. I would also love it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well on iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com, S-E-A-town.com. Thanks for listening. The music for our podcast is courtesy of The Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at ctownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production. Production.